Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Even if you don't know what to say, like hello or something, just come to this person and say, listen, actually, I didn't know what to say to you and I'm a little bit nervous now and just start be honest with this. 100%. Just, yeah. My name is Spree Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey there, my name is Ashley Gann and I am a meteorologist. I am the chief meteorologist for the CBS affiliate out of Birmingham, Alabama. So I got this piece of advice a few years ago and the quote reads as this. We must stop asking people who've never been where we're trying to go for their advice. And I learned this kind of the hard way. I realized I was asking the wrong people for wisdom and I wasn't really getting anywhere. And then it struck me that I was asking people that yes, they might've been ahead of me professionally in life, but they still weren't exactly where I wanted to land at the end of my career. So I found new mentors, I found new areas for inspiration. Please feel free to follow me on any of my social media channels. My handle is at Gan Weather, so G-A-N-N-W-E-A-T-H-E-R on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I look forward to connecting with you soon. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season four is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season. Visualization is something that I don't think I've ever truly done as a ritual before, sitting and visualizing the outcome. It's something that pro athletes like Michael Phelps does to win the Olympics. And this tennis athlete that I saw recently did her whole life in order to beat, I think it was like Serena Williams. I don't know much about tennis. But it's something that I want to implement. And so this morning, I practiced five minutes of visualization after my 10 minutes of meditation to headspace. I know I'm starting to sound like <laughs> I just <laughs> my whole like task list of things that will scientifically make me happier. <laughs> but it's interesting to put ourselves in a mental place to visualize what it feels like, our senses, what we smell in visualizing. 
sometimes what I'll do is I'll picture myself in the future looking back and picture that the future is is great and perfect. So I just look back and think, oh, that was just a really funky time that I lived through. And that makes me feel like I have a larger sense of power and abundance in my life rather than feeling like victim to particular circumstances happening in that moment. And I think visualization is maybe kind of connects to that where you feel as though you're already winning. And so it's like the winning's taken care of. I don't know. It's something that I want to do more and more. If you visualize, definitely reach out to me on social at Esprit Devora. Let me know like what your visualization tactics are. If you listen to music, how long you do it for, how long you have been doing it for. Um, I'd love to hear more. Enjoy the next episode. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to be 100 countries strong. Yes. And today we are in Kiev, Ukraine. So excited to celebrate our next Women in Tech. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me of here. Of course. Okay. So go ahead. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Ksenia and uh, I'm senior partner of Acrobator Consultancy. Our company help uh, to other companies with the growth hack marketing and digital marketing so basically what we do almost everything from uh, brand identity creation and marketing market analysis and ending with uh, execution and this is our the most favorite part so yeah and you say acrobator right acrobator yeah acrobator and you also have a venture capitalist firm a or or angel group a how how do you would you say it Uh, it's acrobator.vc yeah yeah. exactly it's like two different companies and I'm involved only in Acrobator Consultancy. And it's essentially growth hacking agency. Yeah, exactly. And so the beauty of the secret sauce is you could take a company that is doing okay, look at it, maybe sometimes not doing okay, (laughs) look at it, see some key components, maybe it's images, maybe it's formatting, maybe it's SEO optimization that are missing and say, "Uh aha, we know we could take that amazing product that doesn't yet know how to be found well and make sure that it's found online. Exactly. Like the very first step, what we do, uh, usually we define like quick wins, the list of quick wins and quick wins quick yeah. wins yeah. yeah and this is my my pers- personally my favorite part you know when with some very tiny changes you can receive really big result and of course it depends on company's goals and requests so yeah and how long have you been with acrobator with acrobator not that long uh, Around two years. That's a long time. <laughs> and have you always had an interest in 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 startups and in digital businesses? Uh, well, I've been uh, in two industries for many years in the uh, film industry and yeah. in marketing industry. Right. Both and creative interest industries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also worked for a venture fund. And at that period, I realized that I really like and enjoy this all these startup vibes and uh, specifically helping with marketing to, to companies. We have to start from the beginning. But first, you talked <laughs> about you you worked at a venture fund. Yeah. I kind of want to like build our way up there. When was the first time in your life you noticed, even if it was as a child, that you had an interest in business or in technology? Well, actually, I've been uh, involved to film uh, festival. I ran film festival as a part of the team. 
and um, the president of this fund. In your past. Yeah, 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 yeah. She had venture fund and I realized that I can do more. And how can I apply my competence and my skills, etc. And I came to her and I said like, you know, I can do more and I'm interested in your fund. Right. And I know that you created a great uh, conference, IDC conference. It was one of the biggest in Eastern Europe. And I said, like, I want to be a part of the team. And she said, like, okay. And I became a marketing director of this uh, conference. Just like that. Yeah. And yeah. you hadn't been a marketing person no. before. No. But you just uh, were she interested. She believed in me somehow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, really challenging for me. And on my very first day at this position, uh, actually, I Googled what is uh, <laughs> venture fund. And uh, I Googled, like, due diligence is, etc. Yeah, it was very challenging for me. I... Love that. Okay, let me tell you, when I first started my career, I pitched the biggest venture capitalist in the world, Sequoia Capital. Oh, wow. I Do you know, are you familiar with Sequoia? Of yeah, course, okay, because you yeah. were a venture. So at the time, I did not know what a venture capitalist was, and I didn't understand that Sequoia Capital oh, was wow. powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just was like, oh, there's these people that like know a lot of people, so I want to <laughs> know them too. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> you know, and so sometimes you just have to take the leap exactly. and like Google things. <laughs> Absolutely. And somehow it works. it works out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a whole nother story for another day. But like you, I had to Google, too. Yeah. And I probably Googled it after I met with Sequoia. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you went from being in marketing at the film company. And what were the resources that you accessed at that time to begin learning what, I mean, I know you Google, used Google, but then where <laughs> did it lead you to? Did, were there certain blogs? Were there books? Did you seek out mentors? How did you cultivate uh, your talent? Well, first it was just internet and YouTube, different uh, vlogs, blogs, etc., conferences. A lot of conferences. A lot of conferences, yes. Yeah, and uh, after I also made some courses, education uh, for digital marketing specifically. But the best teacher for me was practice. And, and when you went to the conferences, and I too early in my career, I mean, that was such a abundant way to like learn and excel. What tips would you give people in how to think about conferences? Because I particularly think so many people do conferences really icky. <laughs> so what suggestions would you give people to have really effective experiences in building relationships and gaining education at conferences? Okay. I'm laughing because I'm thinking about all the ickiness. <laughs> <laughs> no, first of all, to define a goal. Why do you go there? What do you want to find there? And second, just to enjoy yourself. Do not put some, I don't know, extra KPIs to yourself. For example, if you go to some networking party, to do not feel guilty that you don't make that effective networking or something like that. Right. Just relax and try to get to know people just to enjoy yourself and atmosphere and event. And you will see that you will receive more information then if you go to, I don't know, and you are stressful and... It's funny, most people don't think of it of me, but I'm very introverted. And so sometimes I get to an event and I'm feeling especially socially awkward where I don't, I can't talk to anybody. I you feel that too? Feeling. Yes, I do feel that too. And during my, this, uh, my, my first um, period of my career, when I just started with marketing for this conference, I traveled a lot for, for conferences. And actually I had KPIs to bring speakers on my conference, to, to bring investors, startups, etc. And sometimes it happens that I had like uh, up to 100 people 
that I wanted to contact uh, uh, specific people, I mean, on one conference. And after each event, I felt really exhausted. Yeah. And um, But at a certain point, I realized if you come to person and you start uh, from the very first second, you start to pitch your event and start to approach like, uh, would you like to come to our conference because we have that much investors, that much startups, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work like no. that. No. No. Just uh, listen to uh, his or her speech. Just ask some questions that personally you are interested in. Get to know some little bit more about this person. Mm -hmm. And you will see that you will have much better contact with uh, this person and it will work much better for you and for this person. And like you said, you have an idea of like a hundred target people in the past sometimes that you want to talk to. For me, when I feel socially awkward, I feel like I, I gamify it. I say, okay, Esprit. You just have to talk to five people and then you can leave. And literally the secret word, hello. (laughs) just say hello and you're right and just listen and think about it like you don't go on a first date immediately you have to see if a person's interested in giving you their phone number first you can't just assume they'll give you their phone number so just say hello like you said listen and then maybe they're tired and maybe it's you look at it as more it's the spark you're only igniting a spark to the beginning of rapport building it's not even rapport building yet yeah 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 absolutely agree and the main secret for me it was like to be honest even if you don't know what to say like hello or something just come to this person and say listen actually I didn't know what to say to you and I'm a little bit nervous now but I do want to invite you to my conference and I understand that you are stressed blah 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 and just start be honest with this 100% just, yeah 100% and it's so scary to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But at a certain point, uh, uh, for me, it become to be easier to be honest. Yeah. You know why it's easier to be honest? And I think you'll agree with me. There's this feeling, at least, at least I experience this. There's this feeling inside my body when I'm not being what my business says in alignment with myself. My business coach says this. Mm. Are, is that in alignment with you? Yeah. I feel like if I, and it's not necessarily being dishonest, it's being inauthentic to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm doing something that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing or trying, or I'm trying to please or accommodate someone, but it yeah. doesn't really feel good for me. I say, is this in alignment with me? And the second I step into the honesty, my own honesty, I just feel like this sense of relief. Like, absolutely. Ugh. Yeah. And this person also feels that. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter whether they want to talk exactly. to me or not talk yeah, to me because yeah. I'm just being. Yeah. 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 I'm out. Great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Okay. I just really resonate with what you're saying. <laughs> so and I think it's so useful to everybody because, you know, so many people are going to events and trying so hard. And so I think this conversation is very useful to everybody. So you and I both utilized events in the beginning of our career. And then eventually you went from the film company to venture capital. Is that right? Yeah. But actually, I'm more I ran a conference. It was a digital conference, not digital, but I mean, for digital entrepreneurs, for startups, for uh, venture capitalists, etc. Right. And what was the outcome that was intended from that conference when an attendee came to that conference? What what value did they walk away with um, educationally or, or intelligence wise? Uh, actually, I, I was really picky with topics and just fresh information and like new sources where after conference you can find more information. I would say like that. And of course, inspiration. Actually, I really think that conferences 
it, it, they are more about inspiration, yeah, not about some precise um, information or I don't know some education. Really, it's like. Totally. What I loved about your partner giving his talk today, uh, who founded Acrobatter VC, is that there was humor incorporated into it. Yeah. And I forget so often how important humor is in yeah. connecting with the audience. And I think it's a really great reminder for speakers or someone looking to become a speaker that it's, I mean, the slides were phenomenal. I mean, just a f robust information, really professionally done but Great the humor yeah. was like very catchy, very unique. Yeah. yeah. And caught me off guard because mm -hmm. here we are, we were here in the Ukraine. We were at an angel investment mm -hmm. um, seminar. And so it was a very serious topic. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, it was really great. And so um, so humor is great. And speak so moving on from conferences, so you built that conference. And then what happened in your career after doing that? Uh, well, I started to consult people and companies for marketing, digital marketing. And uh, then I met Buzz. And he had this company. And at a certain point, we realized that we have like just similar identical uh, expertise. Yeah. And we decided to join our, our efforts. And uh, I started to run to lead Acrobator Consultancy. And Buzz, now he focuses uh, on Acrobator VC. And at the time, you both worked together in Acrobator Consultancy. Yeah. And, and, and then it, you said it branched out. It's like two separate companies now. Yeah, actually, it is uh, two separate companies, but still they are connected. Because very often when Buzz invests in some company or some company approaches him, they are looking for growth hack. Yeah, the, so this is what fascinated me about the talk in particular was how growth hacking actually wildly fuels the success of an investment. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems to me that now there are a lot of angel investors actually and a lot of funds with a lot of money, but there aren't that much good startups. Right, right. I mean, good startups. Right, right. So these startups now they have this privilege to, to choose investor. Or, right. So, uh, yes, these companies, they prefer to take... Um, smart money. And this is our competitive advantage. I love it. I love it. Okay. And so you're running Acrobat. So we're, we'll stay focused on what you're running. So what does your day-to-day -day look like? What is your role? How do you drive the ship forward? In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast and keep on coding. Season four is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. What does your day-to-day -day look like? What is your role? How do you drive the ship forward? 
Uh, it's all about clients. I mean, we have, of course, we have a team, but uh, we are very lucky because our team is very self-motivated and I have this luxury opportunity to focus on clients. Yeah, and uh, each uh, member of team just uh, does his part of, of the job. And But uh, if speak about my timetable or, or about my day, it ends early morning when I wake up and it ends when I just in bed with my phone. Like I work always and it's just uh, like a lifestyle and I like it. I'm okay with that, really. When I need some break, uh, I can do that. When I want to work until 3 a.m., I do that. So, yeah. And where are you primarily based? Here in the Ukraine? Here, yeah, in Ukraine. And is your team remote or do they all work remote. here in the Ukraine? Okay. Remote, like partly in Germany, in uh, partly in Russia, in Ukraine, in uh, Netherlands. Yeah. And two questions. How do you hire your team? What do you look for? And then I noticed on your website that you primarily serve this side of the world. Does that mean you don't really focus on the U.S. market or U.S. companies? Or what does that mean? Oh, well, how, how do we hire? We don't have some specific formula. It's just we are lucky enough to meet these great people. And it's always about um, two things about their professional qualities, skills, and second about uh, personal feeling about these people, which is really important to us. And our practice shows that uh, it's like uh, 50% of success. And one more question before yeah. you get to the second yeah. question, kind of a part B of that, is where do you post to hire? Or is it usually by referral or is there a certain site you go to or a certain method you use to find talent? I guess referral. Refer? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then how about serving this side of the world versus the U.S.? What does that look like? What does it really mean? Actually, we don't have some specific strategy about that. It just happened like that, actually. Tell, tell us a little bit because not everybody has seen the website like I have. Uh, yeah. yeah, so of course it's not the usual stuff for Ukraine, for CIS regions. That some um, People won't know what CIS is, so if you could oh, tell us. sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Eastern Europe. I mean, uh, for Eastern Europe, it's not for Ukraine, Poland, Russia, etc. It's not that usual that... Some guy from uh, Netherlands came with uh, his expertise and started working uh, here. So it happened, and uh, I mean, that what Buzz did when he just uh, launched Acrobator, Acrobator Consultancy. It was like a bridge between Eastern part and Western part of the yeah, world. Yeah. And apparently, it worked out. I mean, for us, I wouldn't say that it's our strategy or we decided that's. that's our focus, but yeah, it, we work with USA, we work with Europe, we work with all around the world companies. When you have a specialty in Eastern Europe, and by the way, for those of you who don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, CIS is like post-Soviet, yeah, 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 um, right. post-Soviet yeah. um, territories. When you have a focus or a great relationship with companies, does that mean primarily your clients are there, but you still growth hack to the U.S. market and globally? Or does it not mean anything? You, your clients are everywhere. Actually, this focus is uh, more relevant for venture fund. Ah, interesting. For us, Which uh, is the presentation I saw, yeah, yeah, to yeah, be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. So I'm probably a little biased in my information. Uh, for consultancy, what is good for clients is that we have an access to local contractors. 
and their prices are more competitive and attractive for for clients neither from USA or Europe. Yeah. But we work mostly uh, with international clients, not with local clients. Interesting. One thing I, I'm going to pull another piece of the presentation, but I think you're going to love this because, <laughs> like, I absolutely loved it. Is um, Acrobator? I I, I, I want to make sure. Am I still saying it right? Yeah. Okay. That's right. Um, the A C R. Yeah. Say it. It's uh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was um, acquisition. Conversion. Actually, conversion. Thank you. See, you remember better than I. And retention. Yeah. It's just so, it's so it's, true. Yeah, it's like three milestones of, of gross hack. You ha and you have to. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is the formula. Yeah. And what would you say someone who wants to lead in your footsteps and essentially become who you are today? Like, where do they start? Where do they begin? What should they be learning? You mean professionally? Yeah. Or, mm, that's a good question. I guess just start acting with something. Just start just start learning very basic stuff about digital marketing. Like we started to speak about like digital marketing is. <laughs> just starting <laughs> Google. with something. I, I cannot recommend some specific course or school actually. Nowadays there are a lot like so many information around the internet. Just start acting. Definitely. Yeah. And where can people find you? Everywhere, Facebook, LinkedIn, of course, uh, website, acrobator.com. Um, Can you spell your name for everybody to find yes, you on LinkedIn? Sure. K-S-E-N-I-Y-A, Ksenia Negruza, N-E-G-R-U-T-S-A, Ksenia Negruza. And Acrobator as well, the, yeah, the acrobator URL? Yeah, acrobator.com, it, uh, it's a c r o t o r Com. And you guys have an understanding that like literally I am the worst person ever that all of my foreign guests, I make them spell. Um, no, no, they are so lovely because sometimes it's really hard to spell in another language, that's understandable. Yeah, but you're, yeah, you're excellent sure. at it. But you know, it's just so great because I know everybody listening, they're like, Oh, let me like, look, you know, we're in such an um, instant gratification kind yeah, of world yeah, yeah, yeah. today. Um, this has been phenomenal. There's a couple questions that I like to ask every guest. One is what what is an obstacle professionally that you have successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Wow. Obstacles. Lifetime balance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the main obstacle was like to take more clients because you realize that you can help them. You just, um, you know how to do that and you are interested to do that. But you understand that you just don't have time for that. And sometimes you just really sit and calculate very precisely every minute that you can spend for one or another company and how much people you can or should involve. So yeah, this balance was for me um, very challenging and it was, yeah, that was an obstacle. Yeah, and some really simple time management, really evident tips helped me to, to figure that out. And what is a, a time management piece of advice you'd give everyone? Just plan every day your next day and every new week your next week and every new month your next month. 
Yeah, just kind of like a goal overview. Absolutely, yeah. goal, but also very concrete task. Mm-hmm. Really very concrete. Like if you personal, both personal and professional, and it will work. What do you use to monitor your tasks? Do you write them down, or do you have an app? Or uh, for uh, for team management, it's Asana and Trello. Uh, yeah, and for my personal, it's just Google Calendar, etc. And for those of you who don't know, Asana is a project management software, and Trello. Trello is essentially project management software as well, but they function in a different way. Trello, I mean, I mean this is going to be a very hacked way of describing it, but Trello, essentially you have a card and you can move it forward. I love how I'm making hand gestures as though you could see me right now. <laughs> and then Asana is like a really robust tool. Um, you guys just Google it. There's just so many out there. And then um, speaking of tech tools, uh, what is your favorite um, software, app, um, hardware, anything? It could be one of them that you've already said, or is there something else that comes to mind, either in your personal or professional life? It doesn't matter. Hmm. Well, like not professional, it's all the sport tools because you never have time enough time for gym. So, <laughs> yeah, so sport tools, uh, I really appreciate it. <laughs> is there one in particular that you have here? Uh, 30 minutes plank challenge or... <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Button workout, etc. <laughs> I love that. And professional, yeah, Asana. Asana, yeah. Asana. Yeah, Asana has a great app. I noticed that Asana a few years ago was very clunky and hard to use. And I used it recently with a company I was working with. And it, it's a lot better now. It's really yeah. great. My, our team uses Basecamp. I'm a diehard mm. Jason Freed Basecamp fan. Okay. I'll never switch. But um, I have to admit, Asana is pretty amazing. And if I were to re-enter the market today, I would definitely yeah. look at both. Yeah. yeah I'm super satisfied, babe. Last mm. best advice you've ever gotten. Oh, wow. You have only, not only, but you have today. So act today. Do not postpone anything if you can do that today. I even have this word written on my uh, desk like today. I love that. And if you have really big challenge and you think that you just cannot do that, just start with some small things, but today, not tomorrow. I love it. Thank you so much for hanging Thank out you. with the Women in Tech podcast. You've been amazing. I'm so inspired by what your company is doing, how both of the companies that um, Acrobatter is involved in really view the growth of companies as well as how to invest in companies. This has just been wonderful meeting you. I'm really, really excited to see what Eastern Europe has to offer to the global startup community. Thank you very much. You're amazing. If you want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com that's womenintechvip.com takes you straight to the Facebook group say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter on Instagram on Facebook I will see you guys talk to you guys hear you guys in the next episode bye <laughs> bye thank you this is Ksenia Nigruza senior partner in Acrobator Consultancy growth hack marketing company based in Kiev Ukraine and you are listening to Women in Tech I'd like to tell you about an all-new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. No one ever said hardware was easy. In Season 4, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware and, in the process, changed how we all interact with technology. In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But... Have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices and what it took to get here? There was this blue box on a table and he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? 
He said, it's a microcomputer. What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible. How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an answer. The key thing about time sharing was that the computer needed some way of being able to sort of stop its own clock. The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that, PCs would have been adopted much more slowly. This January 28th, we launched season four of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast from Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. Nope, this is a whole new machine. The process of passing the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry. We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there. I mean, it's in the entire open source community. The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of what it was about. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast and keep on coding. So thank you and uh, eat your sandwiches. Season four is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.